0: Good morning, good morning, good morning, Discover Church. It is so good to see you this morning. Hey, listen, that may have been the best all-church conversation starter in the history of conversation starters right now. If you're watching online, I want to know in the chat, are you utensils up or utensils the way they're supposed to be, down? Wow. Wow. Is there anybody that votes up? Anybody? I just, okay, thank you. Thank you. You are my people. Thank you. They go down though. They go down. Did anybody vote down? Yeah, you are my people. I got confused for a second. Well, listen, good morning. It's so good to see you, church. I'm so glad you're here today. If I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name's Journey, and it's my privilege to be the pastor here. And uh, man, we're gonna have a good time today. Today's gonna be a little bit of a different day as we take a little bit of time to celebrate some things that God has been doing in and through you and in and through us as a church. I don't know if you know this or not, but celebrating things and celebration is important. How many of you uh, are really good at celebrating things? KU championship, maybe. Yeah. Um, Listen, I'm not very good at celebrating things. Uh, Celebrating things is not something that I'm, I just don't do it well. I don't know if anybody is stricken with this, um, but I am, I'm kind of stricken with this, this Thing. I'm just wired. I don't, I don't stop and smell the roses. well. I'm, I'm constantly thinking about what's next and it makes me, it makes it difficult for me to appreciate what's now. Does anybody else feel that way? Is there a couple of us? Maybe some of you not. Okay. Just me. Well, listen, I, I'm, because I'm constantly always living in the future and not really living in the now, it, it creates, as you can imagine, it creates a lot of problems for me. It creates problems Sometimes with Jessica in my marriage, it creates problems sometimes And as, as a leader, as a as a boss. It, it, it creates problems with my kids. And um, I remember when Micah was uh, was learning to ride her bicycle without training wheels. And she had been on me about a week, like, Daddy, I really want to try to learn to ride my bike without training wheels. All right, baby, we're gonna do it this weekend. So so we went out, went outside, and we, you know, I took those dudes off. And man, she honestly, she she jumped on it pretty quick. I mean, way quicker than any of your kids did, but, um, uh, but, but it took a couple of, a couple of passes and then she had it right. Like she was going down the sidewalk, no training wheels. She was going and, and, you know, I couldn't, the the downside about being the one who's helping them is you can't see the look on their face. Um, but, but, but she was outside and she was riding the training wheels. I was like, yes, that's my kid. And it was one of those moments like, this is an important dad moment. And I didn't screw it up. Good, good job, me. I had to give myself a homeschool high five. Um, no offense, listen, my sisters were homeschooled, so I can say that, okay? Some of you don't know why that's a joke. Because they're by themselves, so they, yeah. But, yeah. We have a very interesting collection of people in here today, <laughs> Um, so I was like, man, I didn't screw it up. And so, so Micah's off and running and she, she's, she's riding her bike with no training wheels. And, and I took about half a second to celebrate it. Yeah, awesome. But in typical Jernigan fashion, I was like, great. Now let's do the next thing, which is harder. Let me teach you how to ride through the grass with no training wheels because riding through the grass is harder, but you can do it. If you fall, it's in the grass. It's not going to hurt. And Michael looked at me and she goes, Daddy, I don't want to do that. Why can't I just ride on the sidewalk? Because you already know how to do that. You've already conquered it. So now let's go to the next thing. And she goes, but Daddy, I really don't want to do that. I go, but you do. Look at none of these other stupid kids out here can ride through the grass when they're the training wheels, but you can be the one. I didn't actually say it that way, but that was what was going through my mind. And... Uh, You know, we had a little bit of back and forth and and man, the little tears started welling up in her eyes. And she goes, daddy, why can't I just ride on the sidewalk? And I thought, undo the high five. That night we were going to bed and Jessica and I were, we were talking and she goes, man, that's so exciting. Michael learned how to ride her bike. I said, yeah, it is, but I totally screwed it up. And so I told her the whole story. and, And I had a moment right there where I was like, you know what? If I don't learn to stop and smell the roses, if I don't learn to appreciate what is, if I don't learn to celebrate the now, then I'm gonna screw a lot of things up. I'm gonna mess a lot of people up. You know, if we don't learn to celebrate, what happens is, is that, that we can, we can get so overwhelmed and so, so consumed with what's next. And, and if we don't, if we don't learn to, to, to take a moment to live in what has happened and take a moment to celebrate it, then what will happen is, is that we'll end up frustrating the people that we love because we're always on to the next thing. Or we'll end up becoming, um, the type of person that, that people kind of don't want to be around because you become the guy that's never able to be pleased. You're, you're never satisfied. And, and listen, this is something that, you know, I've gotten some feedback from our staff from time to time. Hey, you know, sometimes it feels like we can't really ever, you know, meet the goal because you're always on to the next thing. And I was like, okay, I, you know, I need to work on that. Pray for me. It can also lead to a place where we become so overwhelmed because we never stop and celebrate what has happened, what we've been working so hard on, that we can become overwhelmed with the never-ending amount of stuff that's just constantly coming at us. And so at times it's important, it's critical that we take time to stop the work, look away from the tasks, look back on where we've come, and most importantly, remember that it was God who brought us here. Now listen, if you are not a person of faith today and maybe you're not sure where you land on this whole Jesus thing, then man, I want you to know I'm really glad that you're here. Um, And I wanna hopefully create a space where it's okay for you to come with your questions and it's okay for you to come with your doubts because at some point we all have questions and we all have doubts. But I've come to a point in my life where I've recognized that I'm just really not that good at stuff. And if something good happens, it's because God has has cultivated, God has worked in me, God has developed something in me, and and ultimately, it wasn't really me that did it, it was God who did it through me. And by taking a moment to celebrate, we are able to remember this, this critical truth that is found in Psalm chapter 127, verse 1, and it says this, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. In other words, what he's saying here is that if, if the, if you try to do all of your work to scramble around and do all the things and to build the house and do the stuff, but, but God is not the one doing the work and you are just doing it on your own, then all of your work is in vain. And if all the things that you're looking out for and that you're planning for, and and in the process of that planning, some of us go to strategic thinking and and, and how are we gonna navigate something, and others of us go to fear and anxiety and worry, right? Like whatever it is that you are looking out at as you look out into the future, if the Lord is not the one who is doing the looking, then the watchman, the person who stands on the edge of the wall looking out, waiting for danger to come, the person watches and stays awake in vain. So today what I wanna do is I wanna celebrate And so I've titled today's message, Let's Celebrate. And what I wanna do today is I wanna celebrate a little bit of what God has done. i want to communicate a little bit of what some of our next steps are. Now, if you'll remember, if you've been with us throughout the the course of the year, um, then you will know this. If you're relatively new with us, then you won't know this. But starting in mid-February, we began a six-week teaching series where I began to unpack the vision of where God is leading us as a faith family for the next two years. It's a vision that we call Never Settle. And we spent six weeks unpacking what it is that God is calling us as a church to do and what God is calling us as individual followers of Jesus to do over the next couple of years. And And, and the vision is incredibly clear. Our vision, the vision that God has put in front of us, this Never Settle vision for the next two years is that that we would we would look to leverage our lives and leverage our gifts and leverage our resources and leverage our time both individually in the way that we live our lives away from church and then collectively and the things that we do when we come together as a church, all for the purpose of being able to see 250 people's lives changed by Jesus over the next two years. That's the vision, that's where we're headed, all right? And through the process of the six weeks, we learn that what God is asking us to do is that God is asking us as, not as, as the organization of Discover Church, but God is asking us as sons and daughters of God, as his children, Would we be willing to make intentional decisions to not choose comfort, to not choose complacency, but instead to be willing to choose to be a spiritual pioneer that would be willing to go out into the great unknown, that would be willing to take bold steps of faith, that would be willing to do things that, that perhaps make us feel uncomfortable, but we know God is calling us out to that place, that what God is asking us to do is that we would purpose in our hearts that in this next season of our life, we will choose to never settle for what is not Known and what is comfortable so that we can go and tell more people about the love of Jesus. That's what God is calling us to do. And over these six weeks, what we did is we unpacked four new initiatives, What we're going to do over these next two years, we're going to continue doing what God has called us to do as Discover Church. But God has also put four new initiatives that he wants us to set our focus on. The first initiative is this, is that we are going to equip every single person at Discover Church with practical tools for personal evangelism. We're gonna jump into that in the fall. We're gonna do a teaching series and we're gonna start doing a whole lot of things once we get into the fall with that. Initiative number two is that we're going to help address the problem of homelessness right here in the community by partnering with the Turning Point Ministries to provide immediate overnight housing for homeless families and women. There's a lot of places where a lot of a lot a lot of people can go, but there's a qualification process. But there's nowhere currently in the Northland where a a, a family or 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 a woman in need could say, "I don't have a place to sleep tonight. I need help." And a turning point is already looking to solve that problem. We're just putting gas in their car and we're going to help bring some financial resources help bring some human resources to help them in that process. Here's our third initiative is we're going to multiply our influence across the Northland by launching a second campus at some point in the next two years. And our fourth initiative is that we want to establish greater credibility in the Northland by financially positioning ourselves for a permanent facility. And we're not promising that we're gonna be in a permanent facility by spring of 24. But what we are saying is, Lord, we wanna be able to come to the table and be financially positioned to negotiate any opportunity that you would put in front of us. And these are our initiatives. This is what God is putting in front of us over the next two years. And the reality of it is, is that, and you may not know this if you're relatively new with us, we're only a three-year-old church, we launched in August of 2018, so technically we're three and a half years old. Uh, my three and a half year old would have emphasized the three and a half uh, when, when they were three and a half, so I'll emphasize it. But these things are things that seem kind of impossible for a church that's only three and a half years old. These are things that seem pretty daunting. But I wanna, wanna remind us where we started on the very first week where the, 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 the passage of scripture where God brought us to, the anchor for this vision. And it's found in Matthew chapter 17. And Jesus told his disciples this, if you have faith as a mustard seed, then nothing, no thing will be impossible for you. And so Jesus taught his disciples this because Jesus, Jesus knew what his disciples didn't yet know is that he was going to be inviting them to be a part of the initial team that would go and change the entire world. The message that they would carry forward would impact every single person, whether or not they choose to believe in him or not because their schedule is dictated by the clock that started when he was born. The disciples didn't know this, but Jesus was teaching this to them because he wanted them to have the confidence in, in doing this world-changing work. And what he wanted them to understand is that the confidence required to do this thing that seemed impossible to change the world, that he wanted them to understand that the confidence to do that was never going to be found in the faith that they have in their own ability. The confidence that was gonna be required to be and do what God was gonna call them to be and do could only be found in the confidence of God's ability at work in and through them. Jesus taught his disciples this for the same reason. Uh, Jesus taught his disciples this because he wanted them to be like a mustard seed. And what we learned through this series is, is that a mustard seed is incredibly small, but what sets the mustard seed apart and that that ultimately leads it to grow to one of the largest plants in the region is that it never stops. It never quits. It never settles. It never says, I'm done growing. No. This remarkably small thing, about the size of a pinhead, gets planted into the ground and while nourished and and, and and taken care of, it begins to grow and take new ground and to go into new territory and it begins to shoot up so large that it can it can provide shade and cover for anybody who would need respite. Jesus was teaching his disciples this because he wanted them to be like the mustard seed that says, listen, it doesn't matter where you started. It matters where you're going. And you need to have the kind of faith that says, regardless of how easy or difficult, regardless of how simple or complicated, regardless of how exciting or fear, knee-shaking, quaking, I don't know that I can do this type of fear that comes over us, God wants his disciples and he wants you and me to have the kind of faith that says, I'm gonna take my next step and God, I'm gonna trust you with it. And Jesus was teaching his disciples this for the same reason why it's been preserved for us in his word for us to read 2000 years later because he wants all of his people, he's inviting all of his people to a place where they attempt the improbable, pray for the unexplainable and believe for the impossible. And that's what this vision has been all about. And three weeks ago, we had a profound day. We had a day that we called Commitment Sunday. And it was a time where, where we had spent weeks praying about together what it is that God is going to call us to do. God, how can I leverage my resources? How can I leverage what you've given me to be a part of it? And we, we filled out these, these never settle commitment cards. And on Commitment Sunday, what we did is we, we, we took what we had been praying for and we wrote it down and we brought it and we, we pinned it on these, on these boards that were up here. And I want to celebrate with you today some things that God has been doing. But before I do, I want to, I want to share with you something that's kind of exciting. If you're a parent, then you probably are already aware of this. If your kids are back in Discover Kids, maybe, maybe you, you know, you're not a parent, you don't know about this, but our, our Discover Kids team has been talking about this with our kids as well. And so on Commitment Sunday, they gave them these little rocket ships and said, "Hey, go home, talk about this with your parents, and if you want to be a part of this, then then bring something back." And and so we've had lots of great conversations about it in our home uh, as we've talked to our kids about what Never Settle is and and why would we do this? Why would we give money to the church? And we talked about how because the church's desires to see people's lives changed by Jesus, and um, and so so we had all of those conversations. And uh, at some point in the last couple of weeks, I don't remember exactly when it was. I saw this picture on Facebook, and uh, uh, this is a picture of uh, the Gaskin kids, the Gaskin family. They're actually on vacation right now, so they can't even participate. Maybe you're watching online, but they know that we're talking about their kids today. We got their permission, so relax. And, uh, and anyway, they posted this picture on Facebook with this really cool story, and so we reached out to them. It was like, hey, what's going on with this story? And they said, she said, well, Chelsea said, well, um, you know, they, they, they came home with their little rocket ships and, uh, and, and my oldest, Thatcher, uh, my eight-year-old, said, hey, we want to do something. And, uh, and so they said, we're going we're gonna to do a lemonade stand. And they said, well, how much, how much should we charge? And they had a conversation about it. And they said, you know what? We're not going to charge anything. We're just going to say donations. You can actually see at the bottom the donations accepted. And Chelsea was like, well, let's just do the same way. You know, moms and dads are being asked to pray about. We're not told a certain amount, just pray about. What, what would you want to give? And you give. And so they did this lemonade stand and some people came along and bought some lemonade. Some people came along, and didn't have any money. They gave them lemonade anyway. And Chelsea was celebrating on Facebook what her kids were doing, said, my kids sold $70 worth of lemonade and they can't wait to give it to Discover Church for the Never Settle campaign. Woo! How cool is that? That's just so awesome. Now, if you were here the week, we talked about being shrewd with our resources. I'm going to tell you something. I saw that and I was immediately convicted, Lord, I need to be more shrewd. Maybe I need to be out there, you know, slinging some lemonade or something like that. And so it's just been cool. It's been cool to have conversations with our kids. Listen, you hear me say this from time to time. Our our kids, our kids and our students, they're, they're not the church of tomorrow, And and at Discover Church, we're not gonna tell them to sit down, shut up, play your video games, eat your pizza, have your candy and wait your turn. No, 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 no. They are part of the church today and we wanna invite them into the journey of what God has for them. Jesus said, if Jesus used children as the example and the model of faith, he said, anyone who's gonna come to me has to have the faith of a child. And so I don't know what God would do with that. Maybe that would bless you. Maybe it would challenge you, maybe encourage you. I don't know, but I wanted to share that with you today. I think it's so cool what God is doing and how our kids are being a part of it. And we talk about it as well. We talked about it in the series that we talk, anytime we talk about finances at our church, it's not never about equal giving. It's about equal sacrifice. It's about saying, God, what would you have me do? And you just do whatever it is that God would lead you to do. And um, I realize anytime churches talk about money, people get a little kind of weird. And I don't have time to preach all those messages again. So you have to go back and watch it. But um, this, this whole process has been really cool for me. It's, Um, I want to share a little bit of my heart through the process. Um, you know, one of our core values is keep it real, and 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 I'm always going to keep it real with you. This has been an interesting process for me. It's been a new step in my journey in my following Jesus and understanding. You know, what what is the pastor's role and how do I navigate this? And <clears throat> it's been really cool through the process because I've had a conviction that where we're going is exactly where God wants us to go. But it's always a little unsettling when you're you know, saying, hey, this is where God is leading us. You don't really know whether or not people are going to agree with it or disagree with it. And, uh, he doesn't know that I'm going to share this, but, um, after one of the messages, um, I had a conversation with Ryan Tony, who's sitting right up here. And he said, uh, he said, listen, man, I, 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 I had shared a little bit about how, you know, if this whole thing flops and you know, that's on me, I, you know, maybe I just messed it up. And, uh, and he said, man, I, I get it, man, you know, God's calling our church to this. And and I understand what you're saying that, you know, as the pastor and the leader, I get it, you know, ultimately the buck stops with you and all that stuff. But he said something that just blessed my soul so much. He said, but listen, man, here's what you got to understand. This never settle thing is not a you thing, it's a we thing. He said, man, this isn't on your shoulders, it's on our shoulders. And this is something that God has called all of us to choose to participate in. And I think, Ryan, you don't know how that encouraged me because there's times where I, I, I think maybe I lose sight of what my role is. And I think of my job as a leader and like, all right, Lord, I got to be kind of out in front of everybody and got to be, you know, ahead of where everybody else is. And sometimes in the midst of that, of that responsibility, I, I forget that, that I'm not really any different than anybody else. I'm a, I'm a part of this faith family. I have a role to play, but so do you. And this is a journey that God is calling us to take together and um, it was a good reminder. And then, and then on commitment Sunday, Jessica and I came and we, we clipped our card on, on this wall that was over here. And I, I came in and stood back on the front row where I normally do and just saw, saw many of you coming up and, and, and coming forward, had your commitment cards and lines were forming and people were clipping them on the, on the wall. And man, I got to tell you, I was kind of overwhelmed with emotion because I had a couple of thoughts. The first thought I had was, wow, whoo! all right people are actually, they're, they're in on this. Thank you, Lord. You know that old saying that, it, that if a leader is leading and nobody's following, he's just on a walk by himself. I was like, "Woo! all right, Lord, I'm not, it's not just me and you. The second thought I had was like, God, I pray that every step of faith, I don't know what these cards say. I don't know what they represent. I don't know what the numbers are, but but God, I know that everyone represents a faith step that somebody is taking in response, not to what I have said, but what you have said. God, would you meet them right where they are? Would you bless them for it? And the third thought I had was, oh my goodness. The only reason any of them are even coming up here and clipping their cards to these things is because I preached a series of messages asking them to do it. Oh Lord, please help me not screw this up. And God brought me back to a prayer that I prayed before we ever even started the church. I said, God, I pray that you would never build anything on my life. That The foundation of my relationship with you and my posture of understanding it's not about me can handle. And God just reminded me of that as I was watching your steps of faith. And God said, listen, don't get a big head about this. Don't get it twisted. You were just a mouthpiece. It's for my glory, not yours. And so I just wanna ask you, would you pray for me? Because I'm, 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 I'm human, I'm prone to making it about me as much as anybody else is. And um, man, I, I just don't wanna screw it up because I believe that God's doing a pretty awesome thing here. And uh, I just wanna see him continue to do it, amen? So I wanna share some specifics with you. I wanna celebrate with you. Our first goal <clears throat> was uh, that we would have 100% engagement. What does that mean? Well, the goal was, is that everybody that considers Discover Church their home would say, yes, Lord, I want to be a part of this. I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to commit my financial resources to this vision. And and not only that, I'm going to try to find a way to get involved and try to serve and try to help. Now, listen, there's absolutely no way that we could ever tell whether or not all of us jumped in. All right. That's, that's a goal. Um, but what I do want to share with you is this, that we had um, 106 commitment cards turned in. All right. And some of these are individuals. Some of these are families. And, you know, I, I start running the math. Okay. You know, there's 2.3 people that live in every home. If every card counts for point, you know, I was like, God goes, quit that. <laughs> let, let me handle that. But I'm just overwhelmed by your response. I just want to celebrate the fact that that we as a faith family are collectively saying, yes, I'm in. And of that, part of the thing that we had you indicate, not because we were trying to be the Gestapo and, you know, you know, try to dictate what you do or should or should not be doing. But we just wanted to know what are the faith steps that are indicated? And I just think this is so awesome. We had 21 people, 21 cards that were turned in that said, I'm taking the step to be a first time giver. Man, I want to celebrate that today. If you've been given for a while, I want you to celebrate that faith step. Let them know that that's a good faith step to take. And maybe, maybe you've you given it at another church. Maybe it's your first time giving it at Discover Church. Or maybe it's your first time aligning your life with the principles of God's word when it comes to your finances. Whatever it is, I want to celebrate that we had a lot of people taking a lot of other faith steps, but I was just like, wow, that is so cool that that almost 20% of the people that have jumped on board of this are saying, I'm jumping in for the first time. And can I just tell you, come on in, the water's fine. All right. And I'm just believing and I'm praying for these people who have taken these faith steps. I'm praying that you would see the hand of God respond to your faith and obedience. And not just for those that are giving for the first time, but those that are taking new steps of faith. I'm praying that you would experience God's favor, God's spiritual blessings in your life. That you would be reminded that God does own it all and he's just asked you to use it well. Here's the second goal that we had. We talked about uh, our initiatives and we talked about uh, how much it's gonna cost and it's gonna cost $3 million. Over the next two years, God's put $3 million of ministry in front of us. 1.6, if we didn't do anything different, we just kept doing the normal Discover Church stuff. And then 1.4 for the additional uh, Never Settle initiatives. And I'm just super excited about this. I'm excited to finally celebrate this with you. Um, I I wanna celebrate what our collective total is. I want you to see that together we really can do more than we ever could apart. Go ahead and put that number up. $2,393,836. Thank you. Now immediately there's gonna be a couple of thoughts on that. A couple of thoughts. The first thought is, well, that's not 3 million. Those are the type A people. And the type B people are like, wow, 2.4 million. That was a whole lot more than you said we needed for the next two years. If we didn't do anything new, maybe not. Maybe you weren't thinking through all of that. I'm not sure. (laughs) Listen, I just want to celebrate this. Let me just say from the front end, I never expected, this is the sixth or seventh time that I've been a part of a vision campaign with a church. It's the first time that I've been the lead pastor of one, but I've been a part of them as a a tender of a church, on staff at a church, I have never seen a pledge total, a a commitment total, meet or exceed the goal number. I've never seen that. Maybe that happens in other churches, but I've never seen that. So I'm not at all surprised that this number is not $3 million because here's what I believe that God does. Remember, we talked about this, that God always brings the vision first and then as his people respond in obedience, then God brings the rest of the provision. And so what are we doing? Well, as a, as a faith family, you guys are already doing it. Many of us are already doing it in our personal finances. We're saying, Lord, this is what you're telling me to give. And I don't know how that's going to work out, but here we go. We're doing the same thing as a church family. And what we're saying is, is God, we're, we're leading out. We're taking a bold step of faith and we're committing more than what's needed without these never settle initiatives. But we believe that you're calling us to it. And we're believing and we're trusting in God over the next two years that God's gonna bring the other 600,000 to be able to cover the rest of the, of the difference. And so y'all keep praying. Y'all keep praying. For those of you that turn in the commitment card, thank you. I know that turning in commitment cards and church and money, I know it gets kind of weird. Um, thank you. It allows us to be able to bring this together so that we can celebrate it. It allows us to be able to make some plans accordingly. I mean, after all, if all of the committed giving came in and it was like 500,000, then Chris and I would be like, okay, we've got a lot of changes to make. How are we going to do this, Lord. Um, So thank you for filling out the commitment card. And for those that didn't listen, I get it. Lots of different reasons and positions and feelings about this whole kind of process. Listen, I just want to encourage you. Whether or not you filled out a commitment card and you're committed to Discover Church, would you continue to give generously? Would you continue to give radically so that we can see people's lives changed by Jesus? Here's the deal. I believe this with all my heart, that as we go in motion for God, God will go in motion for us. And that's what we're doing. We're simply saying, God, we're moving. Today is day one of the Never Settle journey. We're taking these steps together now. And so God, we're in motion and we're praying as if it all depends on you and we're working as if it all depends on us. So God, would you meet us where we are? Would you provide what we need so that we can do what it is that you've called us to do? That's what we're doing through this journey. And I want you to be reminded of what Jesus taught his disciples. We've already covered it. That if you have the faith as a mustard seed, nothing will be impossible for you. So the question is, is, well, now what? Now what do we do? Well, today is, like I just said, today's day one. We're, we're, we're starting our never settle journey today. So if you've made adjustments to your giving or your pledge represents adjustments to your giving, listen, we're starting that this week. So, uh, whatever that looks like for you, man, jump into that. Now we've had some questions. Hey, pastor, how do we give to never settle? We're doing, we're giving to the church. We want to give to never settle, but we didn't find anything. Well, you didn't find anything on the website on purpose. Uh, we're, we, we've organized all of this into one big umbrella called the one-story Fund. It's a one-story philosophy that basically says that the mission of Discover Church and the, the mission of Never Settle aren't two separate things. It's just, an, it's just all a part of the same thing. Never Settle is just kind of a new chapter to the story. And so when you give, anytime you give to Discover Church at any point in the next two years, it goes into Never Settle because we are all moving in the same direction. You might ask, okay, well, that's great. Hey, we talked about that $3 million wasn't the goal, but the goal is reaching 250 people. Well, how are we going to measure that? Well, I'm so glad that you asked. I want to clarify the win. One of the most important things that any leader can do—a leader of your uh, of yourself, uh, a leader of a team, a leader of a family, a leader of a organization, whatever—is to define the win. And so, what I want to do is I want to define the win for us. About how are we gonna how are we gonna track? If you've ever been seeing a financial goal, there's always a thermometer, and you know, and you get closer to the goal and all that stuff. Well, we're not we're not measuring the, the the money's not the goal. The people are the goal. The people that God loves and God died for and sent His Son for—that's the goal. And so how are we gonna measure that? Well, let's go back to the vision. What's the vision of Discover Church? The vision of Discover Church is to see our city changed by Jesus one life at a time. We want—we have a big vision to impact the entire city, but we're gonna start with who's right in front of us one life at a time. That's why we're here, all right? So what are we trying to do? We call that our mission. And we say, Discover Church exists to help people discover life in Christ, belonging in community, purpose and calling so that they can live a life that makes a difference. And so when we begin thinking about this process of, of the Never Settle campaign and 250 people, how are we gonna measure this? Well, there's been a lot of thought and prayer about how we're gonna do this, and here's what we've landed on. We, we, we've landed on taking our mission to help people discover lifelong purpose and make a difference. And we've identified some things that are gonna serve as the thing that is the win, So how are we gonna measure this as a church? How can you know what to celebrate? Well, here's what it looks like. Anytime somebody makes a decision to discover life that we would measure through baptism is a win. You go, now why baptism and not salvation? Well, because a lot of people can get saved and that's that's between them and the Lord. But what we wanna celebrate is when someone has been so moved and so changed by the power of Christ that they want to publicly declare through baptism what they have already personally and privately and inwardly believed in Christ. And so anytime someone gets baptized in the next two years, that counts towards one of those 250 people's lives changed. Now, what about discover belonging? Well, we would measure the win, define the win, and discover belonging anytime someone connects in a small group. So when someone connects to a small group, and I'm not just talking about you signed up, but you never went. There's some of us that have done that. I get it. I'm talking about when you connected, when you engaged, when you, when you committed to being engaged in a small group because you, you begin to understand and learn the, the critical role that small groups play in the cultivation of, of your soul and to help lead you into freedom from sin and, and healing from hurts and burdens and wounds, right? So when someone connects in a small group, that's a win. What about when someone discovers purpose? Well, for us, when, when someone completes the next steps course, that's that's a step, that's a win that we're gonna take. Now, we just launched Next Steps Course 2.0 last week. We've got seven people engaged in Next Steps Course, and so we're excited about that. And and part of what we do as a church is Next Steps is simply a way for you to be able to discover what your journey is with God and how we as a church can come alongside of you and minister to you and minister with you as you walk in your journey. And so when someone completes Next Steps course, that's a win. And then the fourth area is how do we measure when someone's made a difference? Well, there's a lot of things that people do outside of the walls of the church. I'm not there and I'm not the Holy Spirit and you don't want me to be there all the time because that would just not be fun probably for you. Um, but uh, there's a lot of things that you can do when you're living your life. Listen, I hope you're making a difference out in the world. We can't control that. But what we can measure is when someone joins a dream team. Because when you join a dream team, what you're doing is you're saying, listen, you've gone through the next steps course. You've learned how you're wired and some of the things that you're passionate about. And what we wanna do is we don't wanna put you in a place where we say that we need you. Instead, we we say that we wanna help you work out the things that God has put in you so that you can see how the way that God has wired you has been done so intentionally so that you can play a role on God's team in God's kingdom that nobody else can play. And so when you join a dream team, that's a win. So what does this look like? How are we going to measure this? Well, I'm really excited about this. You guys can go ahead and bring that out. I don't know if you guys are back there or not, <clears throat> um, but we've had something made to keep the vision in front of us. We've had something created so that we can we can see it, we can be encouraged by it, we can be challenged by it. We've had something created that is going to be in our lobby uh, every week from this day forward that, that every time you walk into the doors of Discover Church, you're going to see the Never Settle vision right in front of you. And not only are you going to see the vision that hopefully will encourage you and challenge you when you leave Discover Church to go out in the world and and to let your light shine so you can show and share the love of Jesus, that we also want you to be able to celebrate to see how God is bringing this vision to reality, how God is moving through your sacrifice, through your service, to make an impact on the lives of people. So we've had this made. You guys can go ahead and bring that out. They're working on it. It's, it's well, It you know, we like to I'm a big person. So when we do things, let's go big or go home. And, uh, it was a little bit bigger than what we had anticipated, but that's great. And so here, this is now, listen, if you're online, this is one of those moments where you just kind of had to be in the room. Okay. And so I'm sorry. Uh, but here's the deal. We've had this created and here's, this is going to sit in our lobby and there are 250 silhouettes on this sign. And every single time a person makes a step in their journey with God, we're gonna give them a marker and they're gonna write their name on one of them. Come on, somebody. And when someone takes a step to get baptized, to connect in a group, to complete Next Steps course, to join a dream team, we're gonna say, man, this is awesome. We've been praying for you. We've been praying for this. This is why we're here as a church. Another way that you could say the mission of our church is that your journey is our mission. Your journey with God is the reason why we're here. And so now listen, there's a little bit of confusion about this. I want to clarify this. We're not counting steps. We're, we're, God, doesn't, God doesn't measure steps in heaven like a Fitbit does. Okay? What God cares about is people. And so, you know, if we, if we meet somebody, maybe Nate or Nikki or a couple or whatever, and they get baptized, connect to a small group, finish Next Steps course, and join a dream team, they don't get their name on there four times. Okay? They get the name on there once, and I don't know, we hadn't thought all the way through that. Maybe we'll give them a marker and they can put a star by it, I don't know. All right? Why are we doing this? Why we? Because here's the deal. Because I want to always keep the vision in front of us. Every single silhouette on that sign represents a person. Every single silhouette on that sign represents a name. Every single silhouette on that sign Represents a story that God cares about. And there are people all across our city that God loves, and He is desperate to be in a personal relationship with them. I want you to remember the prayer that Jesus prayed just before He was to be crucified. In John chapter 17, this is actually the anchor verse for our church. It's the the verse our church was founded on. But Jesus is praying to God, and he says this, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is why we're choosing to never settle. Because every name that we're going to write on here will represent a name according to the book of Revelation that has been written in the Lamb's book of life because of Discover Church. This is why we're doing this. At Discover Church, we exist to see our city changed by Jesus one life at a time. If you'd like to take your next step of faith today, text the word FAITH to 816-203-1835. Again, that's the word faith to 816-203-1835. If this is your first time listening, we'd love to connect. Reach out to us on social media and let us know that you found us through the Discover Church podcast. Thanks for listening.